0: So today we're going to start uh, looking at uh, creation itself. And uh, we're going to be looking at various different uh, various different places in Scripture. We've actually got a good bit of Scripture that we're going to try to cover today. So, um, so y'all just be ready to, to be flipping around because there's going to be quite a few places that we're going to turn to. Uh, so as we talk about creation... Um this is one of those areas that there's a lot of things that we could get into, um, there's a lot of questions that we could have, and there's a lot of places that believers could rightfully disagree um on various aspects while still holding that Christ is who he says he is, and um that 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 all that Scripture says is true. Um for the sake of trying to get this in, in in a single class, we're going to try to avoid a lot of those particular, um, places where we might disagree, and we're going to try to focus in on areas, um, that it's, it's absolutely clear through Scripture that Scripture speaks to these particular truths. Um, so kind of one, one kind of really concise way, uh, of saying, like, putting together like a, Like a a view of creation itself, um, God's work in creation uh, that everybody can agree on. This is this is kind of how we would come about that. So God created the entire universe out of nothing. It was originally very good, and He created it to glorify Himself. Right. So this is this is a statement that no matter where you fall on on uh whether the universe is old or young whether or not there was some type of evolution that took place or not um the, the the this statement um is 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 kind of scripture itself speaks to these things in in very undeniable ways and we're going to look at that today so i'm going to i'm going to read that statement one more time uh and then we'll kind of explore that a little bit and i would add one more thing to that we'll kind of get to that towards the end that one more thing is Um, that that God created Adam and Eve in a very particular and special way so even if you were to hold to some type of uh, view of of like an evolutionary process that led to all of creation I think scripture speaks very specifically uh, towards humanity in a way um, that it would be hard to uh, it would be hard to um, like take a stand with scripture that that also held that that mankind was part of that evolutionary process, uh as well, so we'll look at that, so God created the entire universe out of nothing, it was originally very good, um, and he created it to glorify himself. so as we kind of dig into this, let's flip to Genesis chapter one verse one <clears throat> this is where it kind of we we get the we get it all kind of starting off right here, so uh in the beginning, right. So, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to kind of look at, a, at, at several places in the scripture that speaks of God's creating, God's work of creation, um, and then getting this idea that God created uh, from nothing, right? That there was nothing but God, and then God speaks and creation comes forth. So, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 of the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth right so there was a beginning true yes. and what happened in that beginning god created. god created now what are some what are some truths that we can see from this text itself so in the beginning what god was created. okay so so god is not created god does not come forth out of creation right god is separate from all that's been created right do we understand the importance of that? Like, why that is an important thing, right? Many of the world's religions, many of the like, like the like mythological types of types of gods, all come forth out of creation. So it's creation is it like like the universe is eternal, and then gods come and go from from it, right? So um, God is separate from. Creation. God existed prior to the existence of creation, and creation has its being because God. Right. So we're going to see this in, a, in several different places. Why does creation exist? I want to. I want to put that question out there um, for you. Why anything, and why not nothing? Right. Why anything at all, other than God? Why? Because he wanted it. Because he wanted it. Do we get this? Did he have to? No. Did he need to? No. Must he create? No. Was he obligated to any to create? No. So all that exists is that. Do we, and I want us to consider this, right? Like I want us to consider the answer that you're going to give to the question that I'm about to pose to you. All that exists, exists because God desired it to exist. Mm-hmm. Is this a true statement? Mm-hmm. Be careful. So He knew it was coming. So God created, right? Is the state of events today the result of that act of creation? Mm-hmm. So it, it, was it God's will for today to be today? So when God created, knowing all that would be, He could have still chosen not to. Right? Right? Yet He chose to. Right? So all that exists, exists why? For His good pleasure. Consider that statement. Right? Consider that statement. I want us to kind of sit in a moment considering what it means that the world in the state that it is today is for ultimately for His good pleasure. Right? Do we get that? Do we, do we understand the, the internal conflict that we should have when we know the evil that exists and we make the statement that all that exists, exists for God's good pleasure? That's right? probably
1: where the Scripture like reminds us that even creation is groaning for the day that things come back into the way that God, for God's pleasure like we're all moving toward like we're in an angst because in us we know there is a god yeah. and there is
0: his good pleasure so so i want us to i want us to think about this right so when we think about like this problem of evil when we think like that's what this is right like if god created and there was no evil then we would have no problem we would have no struggle but the, the reality is is the evil exists and it exists only because God first moved. Right? Like, do we get that? That had God not moved, evil would not exist. Because there would be no place for which evil to spring forth out of. Right? So, God's decision, God's desire to create, and we, like, Scripture's clear on this too. Like, Christ, plan A or plan B. Right? Before he speaks, anything into existence, Christ glorified through the death, burial, and resurrection was the plan. Right? Consider that. His good pleasure to show Himself to us, most clearly seen in the work of Christ, most clearly seen death, burial, and resurrection for us. Right? like do we get that that the events surrounding death burial and resurrection of Christ were not pretty things, right? That it was gritty, that it was that it was dirty, right? That it's like he bore our sins on the cross, right? All for whose good pleasure? Is that what we're saying? Is that is that what we believe? So I just want us to I just want us to Take a moment to be like, when God, when God said in the beginning, when it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, like He was not unaware of the situations that we would be facing today. He was not unaware of the struggles that we were, would be facing today. And then when God created it, pleased Him to create. Right? It pleased Him to create. He did not have to. Right? Yet He did. Okay, so let's continue on looking at this um, Looking at this idea. We're going to look at Psalm chapter 33 real quick. Um, we're going to be flipping around, like I say, quite a bit this morning. So Psalm 33, uh, verses 6 through 9 here. So Psalm 33, starting in verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of His mouth, all their hosts... He gathered the waters of the sea as a heap and he puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord and let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Right? So as we see this, who created? Right? Who is it that's doing the creation? God's creating. When God speaks, what happens? So when, when, when he speaks it came to be. When he command when he commanded it stood firm, right? So if God says something, what happens? He what he says. Right? Again, as we say these things, I want us to think about this. As we say these things, let us consider why then evil, right? Why then? If God can speak and there be none, why then? Here's the thing, are the angels free? Are the angels free? They're under his command, under his command. but are they free in the sense that that we would like consider free will, right? No, they're not. Well, some of them went with Satan, so obviously they have some kind of choice. Okay, so there are some there are some angels then who have never fallen, correct? So it is at least Possible that God creates beings who do not fall. Right? That's within His capacity. Because in eternity they will not have fallen. Scripture speaks of them as elect angels. Right? So we know of what it is to fall and then to be brought into redemption. Right? But we will see beings in heaven that have not sinned. Right? And they have not sinned because it was God's will for them not to. Right? In some way, right? Must that not be the case? I mean, I hope so. Right? And yet some fail freely, yet others didn't freely. God created those same beings, right? So God in theory at least can create beings that do not fall. True? The angels that have not fallen would be an example of that, yet we find fallen creation. Why then? So the, so, so, the plan, and again, right? The plan, when God speaks, He could have spoken as though those angels that have not fallen, that could have just been it, right? right. And then there would have been creation, and there would have been beings that did not fall. Right. Yet, the way that it is now, ultimately, pleases Him more than that reality. Right. Because He created this one, right? Right? He created. So consider that, right? And, and when we consider these things, these are difficult things for us to wrap our minds around, right? Why did God create? Why did He create and this is what we get? Right? Like these are things that we should think about, that we should consider. Is it better this way than that way? Right? Is it? Oh my goodness, this is a good way to answer that question, right? Obviously because it's why he, the way that he chose, right? But we face, we face these questions. I want us to think about what Morgan said here. We face these realities that what we see around us makes no sense. We see a God who's created and we see how it's unrivaled. Yet, faith says that he is wise and that His plans are better, and that though we could consider that He could create things where none had fallen, He's wiser than we. Right? So the end, the outcome of this, we trust. We cannot wrap our minds. I I, I do not believe that we can fully fathom the mind of God, and the plans of God, and the will of God. but, But faith... Tells us, we and this faith is not blind, right? We we we've, we've all experienced where a thing that was evil has turned into something for us that was good. All of us have experienced this in some way, right? All of us have seen some small glimpse of how that possibility can work out, and it's out of that understanding that we trust that all the things that we can't see them turning to good God will ultimately for his pleasure and his glory right so when we think of what God created God created this day for his pleasure right but like God created all those days for his good pleasure ultimately we trust that he is wise in the actions that He has taken. And that though we see very dimly and and we can't fathom all the ways that things could tie together, that God has no trouble with that. That before He spoke, the cross was His reality that He was speaking. Right? And that in that, He would magnify Himself. Though He was in no need of magnifying. Right? Right? He was in no need of creating because his good pleasure. He created because he wanted to create. And this is the reality that he wanted to create, right? I think
1: that, like, in the Psalms first, if you go down further, like, it kind of brings it down into a more, creation down into a more personal level in, like, verses 13. um, through 15, where it's talking about he looks down from heaven and he sees all the children of man. Where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. Like, that's such a big, like, he's looking out over his creation, but then it kind of zooms in. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all of their deeds. This is, yeah. It's not like he's sitting up there creating for his good pleasure, just, like, big and over. Like, he's also fashioning the hearts of all that he's created, all the people that he's created, and observing, he's looking over, like, he doesn't just see, like, the big picture, like, he's also, like, fashioning our hearts in a creative way as well.
0: Yes, I'm going to read that just so that, and just in case the mic didn't pick up. um, So, verse 13 out of that same chapter that we've been in, Um, The Lord looks down from heaven and He sees all the children of man. From where He sits in thrones, He looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. earth. He who fashioned the hearts of them all and observes... All their deeds, right? Like, consider this, and this is something that's cra- like, like as we think of creation, right? Like today, the topic of the day that we're pressing into is creation itself. I want us to consider, and and I wrote this down. So as I was as I was reading through this and looking at this and digging into this, this is something that came out into my mind, and and, and it. Brittany point, pointed this out. I was gonna, I was gonna end here, but I want to go ahead. And, I want to go. No, this is good. I want to go ahead and 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 mention it so that we all know that we're kind of pushing forward to this. So this is the thought that I had um, as I was as I was kind of preparing for this, and I kind of wrote it down so that, so that I, I could I could read it. So the fact that creation itself is vast beyond measure speaks to the power and majesty of the Creator. The fact that creation is but a prologue to the story of redemption speaks to God's good pleasure and purpose, right? Picture this. We know now, right? Like we sit in a very privileged place in history to where we know now more about God's creation than any who have come before us. Like those generations before us that look out and they see the stars and they think, wow, this is this is vast, right? We look out with our telescopes and we see that those things they saw and thought were stars were galaxies full of millions and millions and millions of stars. Right? And we can sit, and, and all the world around us would say, look how big it is and how insignificant you are. Right? Look how, like you, you are meaningless in the grand scheme of the universe. And the universe gets one chapter in the beginning. Right? One chapter. It's the prologue to the human story. It's the prologue to the story where God himself steps into this creation to become man. Right? Like, consider that. When we consider creation, all of this is for His glory. Yet it gets the first opening chapters of the book. And then it starts digging into mankind. And the work of God amongst mankind. God struggles not once with one piece of dust on the farthest planet from the farthest star from where we sit in the universe to consider its movements. Yet He It pleases Him to think on us. Right? That's a crazy thing as we consider creation. That He would think of us at all. Right? So let's continue pressing on into this. Let's look at John chapter 1. So, John, the book of John, chapter 1. We're going to look at verses one through three here. So, in the beginning was the Word. We looked at this. Uh, we looked at this last week, and probably the week before that, before that as well. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse three: All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Right. So, what is the only person, the only thing, the only being that is not made God so everything else is made who made it any question there from scripture about who is responsible for creation right so God made all that has been made so Acts chapter 4 let's flip over to Acts chapter 4 real quick So the book of Acts chapter 4 let's look at verse 24 and when they heard they lifted their voices together to God and said and this is, this is the prayer that they lifted up we're just going to be looking at the first little piece of it Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the seas and everything in them so when the believers in the New Testament are considering God who, who do they consider Him as? as the Sovereign Lord who made everything right? The heaven, the earth, the seas, and everything that's in them, all that populates them, God is the creator of all things. So Acts chapter fourteen. Let's flip over there now. And some of these we're going to kind of go through quickly, and then others we'll, we'll spend a little bit of a little bit of time digging into a little bit more. So Acts chapter fourteen. Uh, let's look at verse fifteen. Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of like nature with you, and we being and we bring uh, the good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. So what did the new what did the what did the believers believe about the God that they were following? That he was what? The creator of all things, right? Um so let's 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 continue on let's look so 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 the first kind of part of the statement God created the entire universe out of nothing we've kind of been exploring uh exploring it a little bit um, it was a it was originally very good let's flip back to genesis and let's let's look at the scripture kind of in that opening chapter so that we can so that we can see this um this this helps guard us against this idea that that the that we somehow want to 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 flee or leave out of the world that God is that God has created, is, and and the idea that like uh, that it's good to just sacrifice all things in this wor- in this world um, as as though those things had some kind of like um, some some kind of like the the attributes of them were somehow evil or or not worth having. Um, let's remind ourselves that as God is creating, God is calling all that He's created uh, good. So Genesis chapter one, um, we're not gonna. I say we're not going to. um, I'm gonna just start in in verse one, and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna read, um, and I'm gonna point out along the way all the different places throughout this narrative that it speaks that, that that it speaks of what God has done as good. So just pay attention to this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light and there was light, and God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Uh, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning the first day, and God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from from the waters, and God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God said let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruits and trees bearing fruit in which their seeds uh, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so and the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, trees bearing fruits in which uh, is their seed uh, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the water swarm uh, with swarms of living creatures. Let the birds fly above and the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves uh, with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was Good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the sea, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with uh, seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And every beast on of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything uh, that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Very good. And there was the evening and there was morning the sixth day. So is God's creation inherently evil? No. no. So when God creates, what is it? It's good. It's good. And what 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 happened at the fall? What happened? Evil entered. It wasn't the first time that evil had entered, right? Because Satan and those who fell with him had fallen, but for, but for mankind it was where it was where sin entered the picture. For us, right? What was the work of Christ to do? Well, so so when so when so when Christ moves in you, what does He do? What happens to you? so you're a new creation but in in, in in the in the same way like you're a new creation but you don't forget everything that was behind you right like there is a sense in which you are who you were yet you're new right yeah. right this is this is no. right like this is re- this is redemption and god is working to bring you from where you are to where he desires you to be and he will succeed in that correct right. so god is moving you from darkness to light. He's moved you in a real sense from darkness to light, but He continues moving you from darkness to light. He's redeeming you as an individual. He's create, He's redeeming humanity, right? Likewise, we find in the New Testament where He's doing the same thing in creation, right? Like He's making all things new, right? So this, this thing that's good, He's not... Throwing it away, he's redeeming, right? So the creation that he's made, that's full and like part of what we do, right? Like we 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 fail and fall and, and 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 fall short, but part of what we do is we bring that good news to all of creation, right? That good news is for all of creation. So what we find in the Book of Romans, Romans that creation groans, right? We don't look at what He's done and think that this is bad. We look at the good that He's done and we understand that sin has broken it, right? But what God created is good, right? So that we don't get this false understanding of what our hope is, right? This is the reason that that we're considering this. Is that many times you'll find that believers think that their hope is in a disembodied existence. Right? What do I mean by that? Right? It's like your thoughts are not on the resurrection, which is where Christ would have placed your thoughts, but on on when you'll fly away. Right? Or when you'll be separated from this body. Right? Like we long to not be here. And that's bad. Right? That's, that, it's good in, in, in one respect, right? That, that there's a part of that that says the way that it is now is not the way that it will be. But we, we, we take that and we misplace it in such a way that we just throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's all bad. We want this like, so, so the, the idea of like these disembodied souls, these souls without existence, this is a very like platonic type of, of understanding of reality. That, that creation is bad, that, that, that we're longing to be freed from the bodies that we're in. No, we're longing for new bodies. Right? We're longing for the completion of redemption. Right? So too is creation itself. God is making it new. So when we look at what we see around us, understand that it's marred and that it's broken, but God created this. Your future looks like resurrected bodies and redeemed creation. Right, that's the work that God's doing. It's not just like that you're going to be like some like like ghost in church in heaven, right? Like, and you have heard me say this before, right? This is not the first time that I that I've said this. But is it not strange that He says good, 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 good when He's looking at what, very good what He's created, and then it goes into the fall. Very shortly after this, right? And then it's the work of redemption, right? Not the throwing out of all that He's done, but the redeeming, right? And in that redemption, God glorifies Himself, right? So it was originally very good, and He created it, the third point that we were kind of looking at, He created it ultimately to glorify Himself. So uh, in God's creation, we'll bring Him glory. So let's look at Psalm... Let's look at Psalm 19 real quick. So, Psalm 19. So, even today, even today, as we look at uh what God has done and we see this multiple times throughout right like even Paul would use use the the idea of God's creation pointing to 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 his character in in the book of Romans to to say that none has excuse for not knowing that he is right And this is this is not a new concept. This is from from the beginning, Uh, verse nineteen or verse one of of Psalm nineteen. The heavens declare the glory of God. And this is why I say when we look out, and this is one of those things. Like as we as we discover more, like do do you not find that you are made for curiosity, right? Do you not find that like? Have you ever like? Do, do, I think sometimes we we get we get bored because we we lose sight of the fact that God's created us to know Him. One in His Word, and two in what He's created, and maybe three in how those things are working together. Right, so that we look out at all that He's done. And when you enjoy nature, when you enjoy His creation, as you rightly should, you glorify Him in it like as I look out and I consider how vast it is I think how powerful must this being be that there was none of this and he speaks and it is right he speaks and it is so that we would die. here's the here's the thing because we like like we do we've got this like like this false understanding of the power and majesty of the Creator that we have in some ways that we think that He won't complete His plan that He started out. You look at today and you have a very limited view of what God's plan is. You can't remember 30 years back and you won't see 200 years into the future. And yet you think that you can answer every question that would come to you about who God is and what He's doing. How limited are we in our understanding? How limited are we in our ability to fathom? We should look out in wonder. Yet we find ourselves, the sinful part of who we are, finds ourselves thinking, I can gain enough understanding, I can gain enough intelligence, but I can disregard who God might be. And I can prove Him to not be. How foolish are men who live less than a hundred years, who know less than a percent of 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 all that there is to know, going to say that he is not right? Like we, one one of the arguments that it kills me is this idea that Christianity, like, it finds itself in this place of like the God of the Gaps theology. The gap is currently and will always be greater than man can ever fathom. Right?
1: Like as though there's some
0: small tiny gap that he's being pressed into. As you get old, like you knew, like I think of the greatest minds on earth, and as they get old, what happens to them? They forget everything they once knew. Like, who are you, man? Who are you? The, there are not enough books, there are not there is not enough ink, there is not enough electrons in the universe to catalog the work that he has done, and yet we find ourselves sinfully thinking that we know all that there is to know. And that we've pressed Him into some place where He needs gaps. Right? Like how foolish of a thought that is to have. As we look out at what He's done, the heavens declare the glory of God and the That's sky above... That right there
1: though is, is how foolish we are when we only can look at it through time. Hmm. And he don't have a barrier problem.
0: he's not he's not he sees no, the end from the beginning it.
1: we're in that gap of our birth date and our death
0: That's yeah that gap right there yeah and we're limited in what we can gain we can we're limited in what we can know we're limited in what we can fathom right and to, and, to, and to think that we would like that, because what happens is when we think that we know more than we actually know, we lose our ability to wonder because we become arrogant in thinking that we know it all already. Right? right? And yet, what Scripture says time and time again the heavens declare the glory of God, the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and not to night reveals his knowledge. Long after we are gone, this reality will stand true. His creation will continue to speak to his majesty as the days roll on. The speech that each day gives to the to who God is is more than we could ever catalog in any amount of book or any digital form, right? Like God is going to be glorified in the things that he has done and ultimately um, let's look at revelation chapter chapter four real quick so revelation four we're going to look at verse eleven so this is a scene that we get um, uh, we've we've got I'm going to back up just a little bit um, So, um, around the throne, I'm backing up to kind of part of six here. Around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eye and ever the 24 elders fall down before Him who is seated on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are You, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for You created all things and by Your will they existed and were created. So if we have that question, why is it like it is? Scripture tells us God created all things and by your will they existed. This is not something that's being said at the beginning before evil happens, right? This is not being said, right? Like like consider where we find this in its place in redemptive history, right? Like this is speaking to the work that God has done even in redemption, right? It was for His will, for His good pleasure that He created, right? And He will have glory... Um, he will have glory for what he has done uh, so now there's a couple of things that I want us to consider here that God freely chose to create um, that that he was in no way bound to, to do this and that when he created he created out of his infinite wisdom with his plans and his purposes uh, in place this includes the created being uh, let's flip real quick to uh, Colossians we've got about 8 minutes ish we'll try to, sh- to wrap up a little bit uh, a little bit earlier than that, maybe. Uh, flip to Colossians with me. Um, we're going to look at this. So, so what did this? What is not created? There's nothing created other than God Himself. Everything else um, is a created thing. So, Colossians one. Let's look at. Uh, verse 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him. And what does the last part of that say? For him. So all creation was created by him, through him, ultimately for him. So if it was created for him, will he fail to get glory from what he's cr- created? Does this does this exclude anything? Is there any person that this doesn't include? Is there any is there any spiritual being that this does not include? Right? All things he created for his glory. Um I want us to get this too cuz this is a I think this is something that 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 um that depending on who you ask or or what kind of teaching that that they may have um that there's this idea that Satan is somehow Co-equal with God or co-eternal with God. I want I want us to, to get, if we don't already understand, that Satan was a created being. That they, that there was a time where he did not exist and God chose, knowing all that he knows with his infinite wisdom to create him. When he created him, he created him good. Right? right? He failed. Right? This was not a surprise to God. This was a part of the plan that God had set forth when he first spoke. Right? Right? God is the only one of which it can be said He is from everlasting and to everlasting. This is not a statement that can be said for any created being, including us. We we are eternal future. We are not eternal in the same sense that God is eternal, right? Like we will live on because God sustains us. We never become independent of God. We always will depend on Him, even in eternity. Do we grasp that? That we don't become little gods, we don't become elevated. Like, like we will always exist solely because it's His good pleasure to hold us in existence. He is the only one that this statement can be said of. Um, so, flip. And we're going to look at Psalm, um, Psalm ninety real quick. So, Psalm ninety, verse two, or we'll we'll just look at. Uh, verse 1 as well. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or ever you formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. The only being of which it can be said they are from and to the everlasting, that is, eternal, um, is God Himself. Um, God also created... And we read, we read up to this point, but we didn't get through it. God also created specifically. Um, we're gonna, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna stop here. Um, I want us to look at, uh, the creation of, of mankind. We'll, we'll set a whole, a whole class aside for this one. And we'll do that, um, next week. We're gonna look at, um, we're going to look at the scripture that, that points us to an understanding that God, whatever he whatever he did to bring about the universe and creation, that there was something very specific and very special that took place uh, in the creation of uh, Adam and Eve and, and that uh, our theological understanding of the work of God is also founded on our understanding of what God did when he created. Because Paul in the book of Romans chapter 5 places Adam... As a type of what Christ would do, um, and, and he kind of hinges some pretty important things on that, such that to say that 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 um, there were you know some kind of pseudo humans prior to Adam um, would rob would rob Scripture of some truth that it's trying to give to us. There, so we'll cover that specifically, kind of we'll set that aside for next week.